Hey, Sports Psychology, uh, excited to chat with you guys briefly here on essentially the handout that uh, I gave you guys, but more importantly, really unfold stakeholders. You know, stakeholders as a conversation is, is so vital uh, because as many of you have brought up in your, in your DQ responses, you know, our, our stakeholder perspective is, is purely reliant on your student athletes, on the athlete themselves and their, their lens and their perspective. You know, just for example, you might have an athlete who, you know, views their parents as the key stakeholders in their sport involvement, where you might have a kid who comes from to say, a, you know, quote unquote, broken home and does not have, you know, a mother or father figure in their home. And so, you know, puts their perspective or their more, you know, bigger influence of their lives to their coach. And so, you know, that's very important, of course, for the coach to understand that, hey, this athlete is viewing to them as this influential figure and to ask that one question of, hey, where's your parents at? Why aren't they here yet? Or those types of things to really understand and bridging that gap that they're non-existent in the life or, you know, busy with the work piece and unable to support on the extracurricular uh, area. And so when it comes to stakeholders, though, of, of this involvement, when it comes to behavior and supporting behavior and even the discussion of social cognitive theory with behavior and interventions, um, it's really important because how you engage an intervention with an individual is dependent on, of course, their view of the stakeholder, right? And so how you would bring across punishment will then, of course, change on the role of the person. I just adjusted an example, um, even from my own life growing up uh, and through high school, you know, my high school coach was more of my father figure. And so when I got in trouble by the program and that, that duty, right, and that job or whatever I did wrong, you know, having that sit down conversation with my coach was huge and um, very influential in my life. And you know, he was a very positive style coach. So, um, and he was a man of faith. And so it really changed things of how he approached working alongside at the time, young boys and his whole aspirations of growing to be young men, um, you know, was a huge aspect of that. But we also had an assistant coach who typically administered all of the discipline because it was to protect the, the head coach. And so you had this more authoritarian um, individual, even though they're the assistant, they were the authority, they, they were the boss and, and actually implemented the behavioral changes and, and that intervention and kept those men accountable to the culture and what was done. Where you might have some others, um, stakeholders where, you know, pending the individual's identity you could have, you know, that stakeholder be more influential as a teacher, or it might be a parent, or it might be a sibling, you know, depending on, on that individual's lens. And my encouragement to everyone is to best evaluate someone's perspective of stakeholders and their influence in their lives and how we respond in motivation is purely through communication. 
right? Because we need to remember that when we're talking about behavioralism, we're talking about reinforcing positive behaviors, putting disciplinary action on behaviors that we don't want, right? And to enhance the culture. So we look at that goal is to increase the likelihood of the proper behaviors we want. And for those that, you know, in our course that are parents, you know, in here, we understand that, right? When you have a one or two year old, <laughs> you're showing, hey, small little bits of punishment. And the idea though, is we need to figure out your athlete's view of punishment. Tell, go tell a cross country runner, a track athlete to go run for punishment. They'll laugh at you, right? That's a joke to ask for that. But to go ask a cross country runner to do pull-ups or push-ups as punishment, man, that's, that's awful to ask. That's, that would be humiliating, right? And our punishment is always going to be reflective of, of course, what you are not competent in what you feel you lack in is going to of course be, and also not just what you lack in, but also what you hold most dear. And for many within our sport of cross country and track, of course it's competing. And any athlete that will probably say that is if their identity surrounds the sport, then of course performance and competition is going to be of the utmost importance to, uh, to compete and to have that as, as a normalcy of their life. And so taking that away is going to, of course, reinforce the positive behaviors and really understand this was taken from you because of what your behaviors were. Now we're going to move forward since you are, your consequences are that competition, removing that competition from your life, you know, from your season, which is extremely impactful. Uh, especially at the, at the professional and collegiate level. The high school level, it varies depending on the, the sport and, and the identity of the athlete, but at the collegiate and professional level, that's, that's almost everything. And for those high school kids where their identity formed around sport through maturation, then that, that will be almost anything. Uh, you know, taking the sport away and the competition, you know, for that weekend or that day, you know, will be huge. And even in this time well, with COVID, even having one, you know, competition on the schedule will really be at the coaches, you know, usage to really reinforce proper behaviors. And so that's, that's really important to understand. We want to have effective reinforcers to have positive interventions. Now we do need to remember though, that this equation, right? We want to reinforce positive behaviors we want to remove improper behaviors and we want to maintain motivation. And of course, when we have those hard conversations with someone, may that be at work, an employee, right? An athlete, and you deliver that punishment, you talk about that intervention of we're going to change your behavior. This is the discipline that's going to occur. There of course is going to be an outcome and there might be a slight behavioral issue that's going to arise from that. And we need to be aware of that. And that's really important for the coach, for you as a supervisor, a leader is to observe, hey, I wonder how they're going to respond to this. I'm gonna deliver this punishment. Let's see how they respond. 
And that's where you really need to sit back and evaluate as the supervisor, as a coach, as the leader of that program and evaluate, you know, is my environment autonomous for them to still thrive in the behavior that they're doing? And in that minor feedback of, of that intervention and, you know, reinforcing the proper behavior to say providing discipline for the improper behavior, seeing what their outcome is, we wanna make sure that we are punishing the problematic because we are trying to encourage change. We want that change to happen and we want change to happen, not just for the culture, but for the person themselves. And that's what you really need to be communicating to the individual. We wanna reinforce you, we wanna encourage you. You as a person are amazing. We love you, we care for you, but your behavior is not something that we like or we appreciate in the culture that we're trying to establish. And this is what we're trying to establish. And for many athletes, they just don't have that perspective or that lens. And you need to help guide them in that. And you need to walk them through what the improper behaviors are to the, to the exact moment, the exact situation in the environment. Even saying so much so of, what would you do if you were in my shoes and you had someone that's behaving in this way? What would you do? And that's an important thought for them is to take on for a second the lens of you as a coach. For you in that place of authority, what would you do to someone like yourself who's doing this, right? What would you apply as punishment? And for you, of course, right, you as, as the leader have want to be consistent when it comes to your punishment and your behavioral punishments for this. So you're consistent. Um, and, and what's important with this is since you are consistent, you also know what the consistent response is. So you can see if an athlete is behaviorally different from previous student athletes or athletes that you had prior to that. Okay. So when it comes to this, level of response and this is kind of weird to think about but when it comes to the reinforcement we're looking at how we are reinforcing and we want to always reinforce our individuals our athletes you know any level right wherever you are in a position of leadership and coaching and guiding we want to continue to reinforce to improve performance we want to do that so that we are showing competency we need to, it, it can be so minute in connection, but to change and reinforce positive behaviors to continue to guide proper competency within that skill, that task, the culture, whatever it may be, it's providing that direction to competency and whatever you're trying to accomplish for your culture and your team as a whole, okay? Now, as I said before, when it comes to motivation, motivation is, is vital. And last week in the handout, I talked a lot about self-determination theory, um, DC and Ryan's self-determination theory. You know, we're talking about um, autonomy, competency, and community. But so much of that, you know, that's not really a thought that people have. Like, oh, I, I like that, that word of autonomy isn't like the first thought to your head. That's a very complex thought, right? It's not really something that um, 
a young athlete would think about like, oh, I want an autonomous environment. No, that's not what they think about, right? Um, you hear other words in competency like, hey, I just don't know how to do this. You'll hear a lot of statements like that, like oh, I'm frustrated because I don't know how to do this drill or this exercise or this move. Well, that's a cry for competency. And then there's others that bring up about community. Like, oh, I just don't really fit in. That's a cry out for community. That's a cry out for this self-relatedness. And we need to remember that self-determination theory and those three items, that self-connectedness or self-relatedness, that sense of community. We're looking at competency and we're looking at autonomy. Those three areas are just innate things that all of us at some level, you can put percentages on it, but at the end of the day, all of us strive or desire to have those three things in your alignment with yourself. Now, as I brought up, you know, key words, right? The autonomy and the competency and self-relatedness, those aren't things we are like key words to. But what I hear a lot about in relation to those same three things so to think of synonyms as them are balance, fulfillment, and process. And you could easily, you know, mark lines to, you know, I want balance. Well, of course, balance is, is autonomy. Fulfillment is community. Process is competency, right? Like those really go hand in hand with one another. And when you talk about balance, uh, it's life balance. Kind of talking about that same piece with with the car metaphor, right? Of alignment. But for this, this is purely about balance, right? For those that are parents here, it's how do I balance work in the full capacity while also balancing time for my family, right? And then balancing time for myself of self-fulfillment, right? And how do you balance that? That's a very autonomous situation talk about fulfillment and for many people uh, that are pursuing this sense of fulfillment many you know extroverts have this huge sense of community and have tons of friends it may not be deep relationships but that fulfills them for some people it's not necessarily a sense of community but it is a fulfillment of what are you doing to invest in something that you are fulfilling for yourself is it teaching is it coaching Right. And I know a lot of you are doing that now in the field for many of you, not necessarily in the field of sport, but leading within your respected fields uh, is bringing fulfillment. And of course, there are some managerial or some administrative duties that are, are task oriented that are mind numbing. But the other aspects of your job of leading and, and walking alongside people, what I call paraprofessional approach, or in my field, I, I truly just say discipling, that's fulfilling. And then there's a the process piece. And the process is truly competency, right? How do we layer from beginning to end these tasks or these behaviors and these movements and these skills to have competency and what is the process to that what is the process from a to z to achieve success on the court on the field in your department in your job what does that look like right what's the process to that and as much as we look at those 
autonomy, competency, and community or self-relatedness. And I, I bring up their synonyms of essentially thinking of balance, fulfillment, and process. Those all go hand in hand, right? Because we truly are talking about motivation. And for you, all of you, you need to be hearing for some of those things. I brought it before, right? Uh, we're hearing a lot of, of individuals in the field talking about how you know, they're struggling. Oh, I'm, I'm having to you know, teach my kids at home while also working. Oh, that's balance, right? That's autonomy. How can we support them, provide resources for them and to provide balance for their life and help them in fulfillment? Because their fulfillment and process, they might be fine. But what's off balance right now is their life and meeting competency. So how do we establish a new schedule for them and supporting them in creating a new process from A to Z while also providing balance and autonomy and environment. What I share with uh, my undergrad in sports psych and I'll share with you guys now is when it comes to autonomy is truly a facade. And as a coach, uh, you know, I, I give my athletes pure autonomy under my decisions and so, you know, morning practices, I share with them, hey, uh, you know, these are the routes that I want you guys to choose from before you head out on your run. And all of those routes, they already know their mileage and their run that they have to do, but I've given them different routes that I feel not only are safe, but meet the, the needs that we need to have that day to be successful for the next day. I didn't say to them, go anywhere you want, I said, these are the five or six different routes you get to choose from. Any one of those is okay to my standards, but I gave them choice. But do they really have a choice? No, not at all. They don't have a choice. I chose for them five or six different locations and they get to choose any one of those. And to a young freshman who came in, they were thinking, hey, this is great. I get to choose where I'm going, where some of my seniors are like, really this place again, these are the options. Right. And of course my seniors and upperclassmen know that, but that's because they've seen the success of that over time. And that to say layer of protection that's put in place with a lot of attentionality. And, and as many coaches will say to trust the process. So that idea is knowing those behaviors, knowing these things, and more importantly, listening to your athletes for those key statements, because if their motivation is weak, they're unmotivated or demotivated or even amotivated, you need to be hearing some key things that could either be aligned with balance, fulfillment, or process, or autonomy and competency and self-relatedness. They might be amazing in skill and, you know, uh, ability, but may not have a connection with you as their leader and just want to get to know you more. Great. Separate an hour of your day, meet with them, get to know them a little bit more, and you will see them motivated moving forward. And so for those that work with athletes, it's the same idea. You need to spend time intentionally getting to know each one of them to enhance their individual motivation, to enhance the team culture and team motivation. So those same ideas for yourself, though, 
and, and my encouragement to all of you on self-determination theory and these outcomes that I've seen more in the field of this balance and fulfillment and process. Where are you in your life now that you're needing fulfillment? Where are you in the process of life? And where are you now in operation of balance? For me personally, uh, you as students and my athletes, and uh, I get fulfillment there. And um, I love that. And I feel very fulfilled in my conversations with my student athletes. And, and as I shared before that, from a, a business standpoint, we say paraprofessional, but for me, in my faith, it's purely a discipleship approach. And so to me, in doing discipling, that's fulfillment. And I'm in no way of ego thinking that I am competent uh, of all things uh, whatsoever, but when it comes to the process, I, I get the process and I'm still learning the process. It's not, it's not perfect yet. It's still something I'm trying to figure out. But what is something I am in a constant battle with in my life is balance. How am I balancing? And I like to say juggle, but it shouldn't be a, a juggle because in juggling, there isn't harmony. Balance and true balance has harmony. And that's what we need to be thinking about for, for all of our lives is where are you set? Because you'll know when there is balance because it will have this sense of harmony within, within your life, which is very exciting to be thinking about. The, the challenge with the balance piece and uh, a student athlete of mine, I was talking with about this just recently. Um, she sent me a quote by Victor Hugo and uh, she sent me this quote and he said to put everything in balance is good, but to put everything in harmony is better. And there are many times I have felt balanced in my life and that was good, but I was missing fulfillment. I got hold of balance and my schedule, but I wasn't speaking into my fulfillment area or I wasn't understanding the process of something. And that's where harmony was missed. Balance was there, but harmony was not because of that flow state. And I really like that quote, especially just this last week, you know, really diving into that, um, which is really, really awesome. The um, idea of social cognitive theory, if you guys haven't taken the time yet to, you know, read those, I highly encourage you to read those handouts and really dive into those four stages of social cognitive theory. Because knowing those will make you and will become a very good leader and a very good coach in, in everything that you do. And you're going to have to play with those steps and kind of do a lot of kind of, uh, you will need to do a lot of hypotheticals and imaginary stuff with athletes and thinking, hey, what in this situation, right? But put 
put a scenario and even your assignment this week, right? What steps are in place for this person and motivation and align those steps um, to enhance their performance, enhance their motivation and encouragement. And those two that are on that sheet are, are just two of a very exhausted list of other theories and strategies of interventions. And many of you have found those other ones. And when people go outside and have what I've provided and found some uh, different theoretical frameworks and intervention strategies that I, I don't provide and actually seeks them out, I uh, usually just respond, wow, good job, awesome. And that's because um, it wasn't just that easy provision. You really found something that applied to your, your case study that was something unique to you that you found. And I applaud you in that, um, which is very cool. So just want to share a couple things with you guys in that. Um, highly encourage you to read and continue to read, not just the, the small handouts that I provide, but um, DC and writing self-motivation theory. I know a few of you identified in the beginning of the course that you love motivation. Um, then highly encourage you on Bandura stuff with self-efficacy, um, DC and Ryan self-motivation theory, uh, huge, huge components there um, of understanding motivation. And I leave you with this thought that motivation itself is as complex as us as people. And the more you want to understand how one gets motivated, the more you need to understand people. And the more you need to ask questions and how they get motivated. And we can do those questions uh, intentionally by time together. And more importantly, through observation. And you need to create scenarios to observe. Observe your athlete. Observe your scenario. I'll leave you with this, uh, just a small example. And I, I started doing this a couple years ago. And I only did it because I saw it on a social media post of a story that someone did it and I started doing it and I love it. Um, and I've been doing it ever since, but essentially, um, going to a restaurant, um, I meet a student athlete there who is a recruit, um, or a actual, uh, potential hire of mine for our department. And I intentionally go in prior to that meal and talk with the waiter or waitress and tell them that, Hey, I'm about to have a meeting with someone. I want you to mess up their entire order. Whatever and as simple as it is, I want you to mess it up. And as narcissistic as that sounds, I understand it. I, I get it. Uh, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to create a scenario to see how they respond to challenge, how they respond to someone that messed up on something so simple as far as a breakfast meal and how they take it out on them, right? Of customer service, of care, of communication, and how they respond to in anger and in frustration for something that simple. And that tells a lot of someone. And so trying to create a space to observe. And, and lastly, utilizing their peers, utilizing others to speak into someone's life and what they do is huge. And so utilizing that as well, not necessarily of gossip, but of great things that other people do. And that's the type of community that we should have is lifting each other up and encouragement in that way. So I hope for all of you, you found some value in some of that communication there and, and um, discussion of stakeholders and 
um, just self-determination theory and um, these other behavioralism uh, interventions as well that are set in the handbook. So in the, in the handout, uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week and uh, excited to talk with you guys uh, throughout the discussion boards this week. Thanks. Bye.